My name is Aaron Stein, and I am the Chief Content Officer at War on the Rocks. You are listening to The Warcast, the members-only podcast for what you need to know now. In the second round runoff in Brazil's elections, challenger Lula da Silva defeated incumbent Jair Bolsonaro, winning the presidency amidst credible allegations of voter intimidations and concerns that continue that Bolsonaro has yet to concede. Joining us today on The Warcast is Felipe Campante, who is a Bloomberg Distinguished Associate Professor at Johns Hopkins University. Felipe, it's good to have you back on the show. Good to, good to be back. Thank you. I guess I'm just going to start right at the beginning. I'm going to ask you for a recap of the, the final 30 days of the election. You came on after the first round um, of voting, and now after the second round, Lula is the winner. And so what transpired and what happened? Yeah, I think uh, in the end, what we had was uh, was a very close election, uh, the, the closest one we've ever had in Brazil uh, since redemocratization, uh, you know, so over the last 30 plus years. And uh, I think that happened in a context where, particularly during the runoff, there was a, a quite remarkable uh, uh, use or, or you might say abuse of the, what, what in Brazil we would call the, the machine of the state um, to, to try and favor Bolsonaro, really kind of um, going all out in terms of doling out uh, uh, benefits, you know, increasing the value of transfers or targeting benefits to, 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 to groups and so on in ways that uh, would not have been allowed uh, by law, except that Congress uh, lifted the legal constraints uh, because of a quote unquote emergency due to the Ukraine war or high oil prices or what have you. Uh, um, and, and I think that was quite striking because I think because two things, one is uh, that Bolsonaro still lost uh, in spite of, of that all out effort. Uh, but second, I think, uh, you know, I think it, it, it's so foreshadows uh, what might happen in the future um, depending on circumstances, but I think there's, there's a, a realization um, by uh, certain political forces, particularly the ones kind of on the, on the right side of the spectrum uh, of things that might be possible as far as, uh, you know, trying to use, again, the, the machine, uh, so to speak, as, a, as an electoral um, weapon. Right? Mind you, I mean, there's always been some degree of uh, uh, that type of thing, but, but this was just kind of on another level. Uh, I think there were certain events, particularly over the last week, that, that I think didn't do Bolsonaro any favors in terms of preventing him, I think, from, from getting uh, the momentum that uh, he could have gotten otherwise. Uh, there were these um, bizarre encounter between all of his kind of, you know, well-known supporters and the police who had come down to arrest him uh, and then were shot and, 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 you know, thrown grenades at um, that changed the conversation for a while. There was, it was, it was a little, uh, uh, hectic, like the last week in, in ways that I think didn't, didn't help Bolsonaro kind of in, in try to garner momentum. But, you know, in the end it was, it was very close. And I think we won't know, uh, the effect that those, uh, attempts at voter suppression that happened during the day with the help of, uh, particularly the, the, uh, the road, uh, the, the, the federal police that patrols roads uh, that, you know, seem to be involved in, in kind of trying to create difficulties 
for people to get to the polls uh, in Lula's strongholds. We'll never know like what effect that had, but I think was another indication of the, the, the kinds of uh, obstacles uh, that the opposition faced in this election, which I think were, were, were quite significant. Can you talk a little bit about what happens next? I, we're recording this on you know, the morning of Monday, October 31st. Uh, Bolsonaro has yet to concede, although from my reading of Brazilian federal institutions, it doesn't seem like he has a real pathway to stick around in power. Um, can you tell everybody like how the transition is supposed to take place uh, when Lula will officially be sworn in? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I agree with your assessment that he has no path to revert the result of the election. Uh, clearly, I think the very fact that he hasn't come out and said anything is an indication of uh, how little support he has garnered. I'm sure he has been trying to, uh, uh, you know, get people to help him, you know, do something. Uh, so the very fact that he hasn't said anything, I think, is an indication in itself of, of the lack of support. And, you know, many of the key players, you know, in Congress, some of the most important allies in Congress, uh, uh, you know, both chambers, um, you know, the judiciary, the, the, the prosecutor's office and all that basically came out recognizing the result of the election. So I, I really don't see a path for Bolsonaro to, to, to revert anything. And it's, it, it, I don't think there's ever been a path uh, for that realistically uh, uh, in terms of Bolsonaro losing and then finding a way to remain in power. I think that was uh, always uh, uh, extremely unlikely. Now, that said, uh, just this morning, there have been uh, uh, reports and, you know, with footage and everything uh, of sort of truck drivers protesting and sort of blockading some of the main uh, uh, roads in Brazil, uh, including the one linking Rio and Sao Paulo, which would be one of the perhaps the most important uh, uh, road in Brazil, uh, because they you know, claim not to recognize Lula's victory or they're protesting against it or, or whatnot. So I think there's still scope for you know, that type of uh, 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 instability, which I think doesn't really rise to the level of, you know, uh, 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 hindering the transition uh, as much as it really, I think, foreshadows some of what we can expect during Lula's uh, term. I think he's going to face a very uh, 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 tricky set of circumstances uh, and the ability of some of his opponents, uh, particularly on the on the on, on the more extreme right, to to basically create um, you know sp- spots of chaos, uh, should not be underestimated. So I think what we're seeing now is not so much uh, you know anything that will compromise the transition, but I think more you know. So signs of the instability that might might very well be on the cards, and I and I think will be on the cards, and Lula will have to navigate, um, you know, in all its complexities. You know, one of the things that came up is that the Biden administration was very quick to recognize Lula's victory, and there were reports, I believe, in Politico that this was one of the main asks. Uh, of the Lula camp of the United States, which was to quickly recognize the victory. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of that recognition, if there was any at all? And as a second part to that question, 
you know, how Lula plans to manage, you know, relations with the U.S. Uh, uh, in his, I guess, is it third term or second term? Yeah, third term. Yeah, third term, yeah, in his yeah, third term. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was important. It was not at all unexpected. So, you know, there had been multiple reports of how this was being, uh, uh, um, you know, worked on. The, the, the quick recognition, not only by the U.S., but also by just about, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the entirety of the international community. And I think the idea was and I think it, it was uh, 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 made a lot of sense. And I think it had the, the 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 anticipated impact, which is just to say, like, look, you know, there's not going to be uh, any type of foreign support for anything that would, you know, revert the result of the election. And I think that uh, matters, right? I think that, that that is not the only thing that matters or that, that will not be, you know, sort of necessarily decisive if circumstances were different internally or, or, or what have you. Uh, but I think it did matter. I think, you know, the one thing about uh, um, coup attempts, let's say, is that I think the success of a coup attempt depends a lot on whether people expect it to succeed. I think that's key, right? And I think Bolsonaro uh, 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 sort of lost any possibility in that regard because he actually did attempt to go crazy in the last week of the campaign, right? So at some point there was these rumors, you know, last Wednesday, apparently like very credible, and and uh, well, you know he called like the the, the press for for like a you know like a, 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 a like a press conference or what 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 have you, and the expectation is that he would call for. A, for the postponement of the elections because of whatever. Uh, and he didn't do it because he didn't have support. And I think at that moment, expectations definitively sort of consolidated around like they're not being enough support. And, and in that case, like people just expect things to fail. Therefore, they will not uh, get into that. So I think the, the recognition by the international community was a part of that broad uh, 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 sort of the creation of that broad sense that that a coup would, would fail now as far as relationship uh, 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 with sort of let's say the foreign policy of, of Lula's administration I think the best guess would be uh, uh, looking at what he did you know in his first two terms which was you know very uh, you know you might call it assertive uh, uh, foreign policy in the sense that the idea was that Brazil will not be necessarily aligned with, you know, the U.S. or with uh, whoever, and it would try to to play a role of, uh, um, you know, facilitating conversations and, and whatnot, which I think comes from Lula's personality, but also I think uh, uh, kind of ideological belief uh, uh, on 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 that part of the political spectrum in in sort of more neutral foreign policy and, and, and sort of non-alignment to use perhaps a, an older term. So I think that's the best bet for, for Brazilian foreign policy. But I think Bolsonaro was a very isolated figure internationally. And I think that's, that's going to change uh, importantly because Lula, uh, I mean, you could, you could almost read the relief of, you know, foreign leaders in, in, in welcoming Lula and, and sort of Brazil back into the fold after these uh, four years of, uh, of a very idiosyncratic, you know, approach, so to speak. This final question, then I'll let you go, is the vote was essentially 50-50, right? And if people want to listen to the first podcast, 
Bolsonaro supporters are dominant in the Congress. What does the domestic situation from a governing standpoint look like for Lula as he inherits what I think is, you know, I think very fair to say is a divided country with radically opposite political agendas uh, and visions for the country. So what, what does it look like for him in the next six months, a year or two years? That's precisely what I had in mind when I was alluding to the tricky situation that Lula will face, because the the, the circumstances are not favorable, right? I think on, on the economic side, the foreign sort of the external scenario is not good, uh, uh, you know, very much unlike what he had, uh, you know, in his uh, first two terms. Uh, you know, interest rates are going up now. Uh, uh, it's a very different circumstance uh, uh, than we were back then. Now, on the fiscal side, we'll have to deal with like the, 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 the consequences of what the Bolsonaro administration was doing to try and get him elect, reelected. Uh, and on the political front, as you point out, he's going to be heavily constrained, I think, right? Because Congress is not particularly friendly. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, they're uh, uh, these politicians are very venal and, and rent-seeking, so they're going to go back into the fold. But I think that's missing the point that they actually have a lot more bargaining power than they used to have, right? And, and Artur Lira, who is the Speaker of the House, was already very clearly, as he was recognizing Lula's win, signaling that he will have to, you know, listen very attentively to Congress. And Congress has obtained control of the budget in a way that they've never had, and it's going to be hard to keep them happy, right? There's this ideological component of, of opposition in Congress that wasn't really there before, and I think now it's it's much stronger, so we'll have to face up to that as well. The military clearly do not like him, right? And in the background, uh, you know, Brazil has had a recent tradition of impeaching presidents, and his vice president is a very appealing figure, I think, to a lot of the political and economic establishment. So impeachment is a credible threat, uh, uh, so to speak. So I'm not predicting that Lula will be impeached because I think he is a talented politician and he will, you know, if, if anyone can deal with this type of situation, it might be him, but it's going to be tough. Uh, and what we'll see, I think, is a very constrained uh, administration precisely as a result of that uh, rather unfavorable set of political and uh, I think likely economic circumstances. So I think instability will likely continue to be in the background. And to stave that off, uh, he will have to play his cards very, very wisely. Felipe, thank you for joining the Warcast. My pleasure. Happy to be here.